right. So what's on your heart to talk about today? I guess I should say what's on your mind to talk about today. Since <laughs> <laughs> the brain, well, look, don't we, look, this is just our thing. Kick it off with coherence again. Um, no, man, <laughs> look, I'm, um, I'm, I'm open to chat about whatever, but I mean, I feel like, I feel like we're definitely, we're definitely holding some resonance in terms of how we're going about things with healing. Um, I think, and, and I think this is what came for me in that little, that little IGTV live we did last week. Um, I feel like you're probably one of those rare individuals um, who's kind of doing things similar to what I'm doing, but in your own frequency, in your own special way, your own unique way, which is really the only true way to do it. You know, we're, we're you know we're all bringing our own unique frequency, um, you know, to this whole healing game and to this whole game of life, really. And and yeah, and I believe everybody is limitlessly capable, but in their own unique special way. You know, when you when you infatuate with the, the the methods or the talents or the abilities of of another you're failing to see that in yourself and you're perhaps you know blocking your own expression by you know by by wishing or you know projecting that you'd like to be able to do things you know in, in a specific way just like somebody else you know and you maybe you're missing out on what's available for you so i kind of feel like um talking about healing and the way that we're each going about that and the reason why i say i feel like there's there's a rarity here is that i feel so few people really truly either consider or even attempt to consider the entirety of the human being you know and you know all of its dimensions all of its different levels um and and bring that together and i feel for me how that opened up was i i i, I came into contact with the brain initially and, and and i was of this fairly staunch rigid scientific kind of approach to things and i believed there was only a physical body and so as such, I thought the brain was the control center for everything. And so I figured if I wanted to heal dysfunction and heal pain and, you know, heal trauma and maybe even disease, really the brain was the place to start for, you know, with that. And the, the brain is absolutely amazing and, and limitless. And when I started diving into that, it was just, uh, it was really clear. There's just more, there's more to it than just that, you know, and it's, and it's really, it's really quite undeniable. So I've gone about that in my own way and happy to sort of open up and talk about that. But, you know, really happy to hear about how, you know, how, how you're going about it. But yeah, there's just more. So many people uh, start with mindset, right? And, and I mean, I even did with, with psychology, at least, um, and looking to change your mind, change your life um, type of stuff that's out there. And I think it is important and it's needed. It's a part, it's a piece of the puzzle. But like you said, mm. and I love that you, you're saying this, especially as the brain guy, like the see the whole mm. you know my my end was really on the heart because my awakening quote unquote to doing the work started in relationships or my failed relationships right so mm. it was a very emotional hit i had a broken heart and so i was going to that while i was focusing on some of the mindset stuff um it was very much like emotional intelligence and other things of that that's kind of what got me into the space and then working on the mindset working on just my sense of my care really and then my heart and then the integration piece for me was was seeing the whole the body as a whole because i was doing energy work and all these other things but paying attention to the physical body like the gut and the gut brain axis and like your central nervous system and your lymphatic system and like scientifically seeing all the sides of the body i was really able to see tremendous progress in my own healing mm. seeing from a whole and not just laser focused on one thing 
Yeah, I think, and I think that's probably where a lot of people get stuck. So I came into this game, um, I, I came into contact with Applied Movement, the Academy of Applied Movement Neurology is where I started. And, and they were absolutely fantastic. Still do work with those guys and they, you know, they do an amazing job. And the beautiful thing about those guys, about that paradigm, is they just said, you know, there's, there's no set pigeonhole that you needed to fit, you know, make your answers kind of fit within. So it's like if, you're, if I had someone coming and seeing me and they were presenting a certain way, I didn't need to make what I was finding fit into a specific box to try and understand it. I was free to ask what's the truth of this and you're encouraged to do so, you know, and I also learned very quickly, you know, via that system that you look, you don't want to play around with symptoms. You're not looking to play with symptoms. You're looking to get to the cause. You're looking to get to the root cause of things. And, you know, when you're free to ask what the truth is and you're hunting down the, the source of the problem, it's not very long before you realize that a lot of times at least for me at that point, the source of the problem was outside my awareness. You know, I was looking for the source of things and it wasn't in the physical body. It's like, that's hang on that, that messes with my belief system. Hang on. How did that work? Um, you know? And so then you've got to start asking some questions. And, and so look, that paid huge dividends just to be able to, you know, to be able to start exploring, you know, and then finding out that there was just more. And so I guess my awakenings, um, so to speak, were very much, I came into the awareness of chakras you know, and again, I, I learned chakras from, from the idea that more that science and neuroscience would look at it and, and science would say that, you know, you have the autonomic ganglia of the spinal cord and wherever there are clusters of, clusters of neurons, there's huge amounts of information. And so that information generates energy fields. And because there are these clusters of information in, these physical, in the physical body, that's maintaining these standing energy fields. And, and you know, we call them chakras. And that's one way of looking at it, but the truth of the of the the matter is that the energy was there first, you know, and the physical body grows into that energy via these energetic templates. And so when I sort of came into contact with chakras and started that came into my awareness and I started understanding that these things are really impactful. Like these actually have a huge impact on the body. Well then I discovered, you know, I need to dive down that rabbit hole. And then so um, I actually went and saw a, a Reiki healer because I had a whole bunch of people giving me all this different advice about my own healing journey, um, but nobody can actually explain anything to me. Nobody, everyone could give me the cliches. Nobody could actually tell me, you know, what to do. And we touched on this last week with the word, with surrender. I just had so many people telling me that, you know, it's all about surrender for you. And I was like, well, what is that? And nobody could tell me, uh, you know, and, and I'd spent all these years as an elite athlete, but, you know, in a combat sport, you know, I was doing Taekwondo and, and surrender held absolutely no value to me. That was just <laughs> something I, you know, that was something I was working to avoid. So, you know, I, it, it probably took me longer to come to terms with things and actually to get to that point of surrender, which was, you know, surrender to the truth, surrender to the, the, the higher intelligence of the body and of the mind and, and you know, the divine intelligence, the, the intelligence of the universe, surrender to all of that and just going to flow. And, um, and, and interestingly on that, this is now a long, skipping a long way down the track, but I do share this with clients quite a bit. When, when people are getting to that kind of that jump off point where they're actually prepared to truly surrender and, and, and just let go and go with what's actually truly right for them. And I guess in your, in your words or your language, that might be more with, you know, living with an open heart, following your heart. But I always describe the moment. I always say it was the last argument I ever lost with myself um, on that subject. And I remember I was in traffic driving home from work and, you know, this whole universal plan had, be, had been becoming clearer and clearer to me. 
and, and I was still hanging on. I was clinging on to, you know, these false projections that my ego had set up. And I was really just struggling with just completely letting go. And, and I remember thinking, you know, well, will I, won't I, should I go with that universe's perfect plan for me? And, oh, what are the upsides? What are the downsides? Will all, all the regular human noise that, you know, that people go through. And I remember just all of a sudden came into my awareness and I just thought, really? Like, how arrogant are you? Like, really? So there's, you know this, there is a perfect plan in the universe for you that right down to the last cell out of all your 37 plus trillion cells in your body is absolutely perfect for you on a cellular level. It makes everything in your body resonate. There's absolutely nothing more perfect for you. And you, with your tiny little 5% limited conscious mind, you think you're going to come up with something better. Like, really? <laughs> like, you know, come on, mate. Like, and, and that was the point. I was like, okay, I mean, yeah. all right, let's do this. You know, and, and life has been so much better since. It's just been so much easier and, you know, just more of that which is truly me, more, you know, more abundantly so. And yeah, life is, life is good, but it's that letting go and just actually, you know, at first it's trusting, but then it's just knowing and, you know, and life is, then life's great. That's amazing. What was that moment for you or where, where you started to really dive into this? Like, what was your process with doing the work? Did you mention taekwondo? So I, what was that when I mentioned, mentioned taekwondo? Yeah. I mean, that, I'm sure that was a part of your well yeah okay so yeah that was definitely part of my journey and look the whole journey thing is incredibly synchronous right back to the day dot you know like it's all the signs were all there everything was pointing me in that direction you know even some big physical traumas that I had as a little kid and you know my whole sporting journey all of that I thought that athlete Scott I thought that's who I was and that was just a stepping stone you know that was just that was just preparatory you know and and maybe you know now I feel like I'm on the true path but I'm just aligned that's still going to evolve there's, there's more to come um, but yeah, so for me, I was an athlete. I was born into a family of athletes. Everybody in my family represented their country at something, you know, and, you know, everybody was, that was kind of who we were. And um, synchronously, amazingly, and, and this was a, one of those real mind-blowing moments for me in my life because it broke down a big story that I'd held my whole life. And, um, you know, my two sisters, I always said, they got all the talent. They got all the athletic talent and, you know, they could turn up to nationals having not trained and just win, you know, and, 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 and that never happened for me. You know, I had to work my backside off. I had to work really, really hard. And so I always claimed that, you know, I had talent, but not enough to just go and dominate without trying. I had to really, really work for it, which made me really want it, you know, and, but I had to learn the dedication. I had to learn all that, all that stuff with mindset. So there were just years of just hard preparation, but when I started working with, you know, with the body, with the brain and, you know, via applied movement neurology and those protocols, I have a big scar on my head because I did a, I, 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 I had a, a really large concussion at about age seven, you know, at age seven, we're playing tip brandings in the playground. And I was the last one in ran full tilt as fast as I could underneath the building, planning to slide on the gravel under the building and then behind these stairs and run out the other side. And that didn't quite go to plan. And I absolutely just smashed my head on the underside of a building. And don't ask me about the thought process. I don't know that I'd ever done that before at the time and, or, or pulled it off successfully. But in my mind, it seemed like a good plan at the time, but knocked myself out. And it wasn't until, you know, I was in my 40s and I was able to go back through the scar, go into the neurology, look at the neuroinflammation, look at all the different neurologic systems that had correlated with that, with that concussion 
with that traumatic brain injury at the time and and look at the damage and just see how much function I literally threw away in that moment as a seven-year-old. And I ended up, I ended up ringing my younger sister who was the most talented in the family, most naturally gifted and said, I just had to apologize. I said, you know, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I've been complaining your whole life that, you know, you had all this talent and I not, I never was never given it. And everything. I, said, well, I think we were probably given the same amount of talent. And I just threw mine away under a building at age seven, wow. but it didn't become clear to me until I retired from being an athlete and I started down this journey and really the level of dedication that was required and, you know, the, the steep learning that I was really meant to be doing, none of that would have been possible if I hadn't learned all of that dedication, all that focus and just was able to apply uh, my, my athlete's mindset to it. And, you know, and that, that was just the most valuable thing. So then, This is the thing we talk about in healing and in trauma and in emotional trauma, especially, you know, people get so fixated on the negative in the moment. We're living dualistically and we, and we don't see beyond the big charge in that moment. And I just had this question from a, from a girl the other day and she was, she's working with rehabilitating children who've been, who are victims of sex trafficking, sex, sex trafficking and, 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 and sexual trauma and little kids, you know, like really horrendous sounding situations. You know, she's asking like, how do I regulate my emotions and keep that all in, in track and in check in, the, in, in, in that point or in that moment? And I was saying, well, the question is, do you have full, complete, true, eternal quantum awareness of that moment in the moment you know do you actually understand everything that is meant to unfold about that moment or everything that's led to that moment and if you don't have that full complete awareness that may extend beyond this lifetime if you don't have that that awareness in that moment how can you judge it how can you judge it truly all you can do is really fixate on the the negative charges and those negative emotions in that moment and so really for me that was an incredible lesson in terms of breaking down my story and, and then also seeing like, wow, you know, from in my early to mid forties, looking back at this event as a seven year old and thinking, this is who I truly am, this healer and this person who's going to, you know, work and try and elevate, you know, raise consciousness, you know, in humanity. And, and really that, that traumatic event at age seven, I can't feel anything but grateful for that because without that, I wouldn't have the focus. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And, wow okay that's amazing so that was really beautiful to be able to have that kind of a moment and then i mean that just opens you up you know then you're looking for that that kind of level of awareness and beyond in all moments you know once you've had that so i do enjoy being able to share that with people i enjoy being able to share that part of the process with me and that was a huge thing in terms of just opening me up to what was you know to to more you know i was aware of brain i was aware of neuro like uh, neuroinflammation but um you know, then under, as I said, coming into awareness with chakras and then, you know, the human energy field. And then, you know, there are other dimensions beyond that. And, you know, it's just a rabbit hole that just doesn't, it's, there's no bottom, there's no end to it. You just keep diving in. It's infinite. What was, so there wasn't necessarily one thing that you particularly did to heal your brain from that injury or was it, it was a so, so at that time, so working via the Applied Movement Neurology Protocols, which is what we're working with. So you can, and it's an amazing system. For me, it was an incredible thing to go into because it was, you could scan the neurophysiology, you could scan the neuroanatomy and the body via touch. So 
the, the human body is a bioelectric signaling system. So we are, we're energy first, we're matter second. And anywhere in the body that there is a dysfunction or pain or anything that's not quite right, there will be an altered bioelectric charge. And so you can scan the body via these bioelectric charges and you can get a really, really accurate picture of what's going on in the body. So I was able to, took me three days, took me three days to find all of the, you know, find all of the charges, correlate all of the neurologic systems that have been damaged in this event when I was seven. Um, I was exhausted at the end of it. And then the actual fix, the actual correction is really simple. You're just adding a, a, a parasympathetic stimulus. You're just adding a piezoelectric charge, which is kind of what, which is basically what EFT does. You know, you're just doing tapping on the body or you're adding a direct charge to the body. And, and that's very calming. And so this system is, is really quite laser focused and targeted because the, the, the challenging part or the technical part is actually going through and scanning all of those brain circuits and, and finding all the ones that are, that are involved. And then the fix is actually really simple. So when I applied the fix, um, I, I got really sleepy initially. I was absolutely wiped out and, and I just went and lay down for a little while. And, um, and then when I got up, it was, it was quite transformational. And I remember going to work and I was like a little kid for about the next two weeks. I was just bouncing around on my toes and I was wanting to shadow box with people and spar and jump around <laughs> and play and had all this energy that had just been liberated because it was like these lifelong or near lifelong compensate compensation patterns had just been kind of broken down. And, and that was amazing. And then, you know, two weeks after that, that just became my new normal. I still had that energy, but I didn't have that. No, it didn't feel novel anymore. So I was just kind of used to it, but so that, that was kind of how I was working thing, working with things at the time. And again, that very much led in from, from my, my athletic background, my athletic life. You know, I'd, I'd gone into, I was a personal trainer at the time and I'd been working with the body. And then my, it came into my awareness that I could be more impactful and I could have a bigger impact on people's lives if I started working with injuries and rehabilitation. You know, I could fix things. So I kind of went down that path and then, I realized that was actually really limited. I was really limited working with the physical body, just doing, you know, just doing, giving it physical stimuli, just moving body parts and, you know, trying to heal or fix centrally driven compensation patterns, compensation patterns and changes that have been altered signaling those that's originating in the brain. And I was trying to fix it by moving an arm or a leg. And I kind of realized, okay, this is, this is limited. And then that's when I came into, the brain came into awareness and then down the track, energy came into awareness and then down the track, mind came into awareness. And, and you're just always looking for, I guess it's that for me, it's that, that athlete's mindset. It's like, how do I get to do this better? How do I refine this? How do I optimize this? How do I, you know, win that gold medal for being the best therapist kind of thing, you know? And so you're just constantly looking for more and you just keep applying that same mindset and, you know, more opens up. There's just, there's the same thing with the body. There's always, always, always more available. So you know, you just keep diving in and finding it. So for me, it's, it's definitely been a progression. Um, it's difficult to explain the speed and the rate at which that progression has happened because I think, you know, when you dive into that rabbit hole and certainly in my experience working with the brain, there's just so much that we don't know. You know, there's so much that is, is unknown. And for me being in this space and then getting to witness that each day, you kind of able, you don't have to wait for anything. You don't have to wait for drugs to be developed. You don't have to wait for machines to be developed or technology to advance. You can just use that human technology. And so I, I discovered really early on, I could just go and read medical papers and then just come back and apply the findings directly to the body and the body would respond perfectly. I could read, read scientific studies and then come back and just apply that to the mind. And 
you know, you didn't have to wait for, for drugs or technology to catch up because the, the most advanced technology in the universe is you and yeah. just get to get to play with that. And so that was, that's incredibly liberating, but it's also as far as a learning curve goes, that really keeps you on a really steep learning trajectory for a, a long period of time. And so I guess that's just kind of what I've been on. Yeah. And you, and I know in our live stream that we did uh, last week, you talked a lot about consciousness and your awareness as mm. well. Uh, talk a little bit more about that because I think that that's also very interesting in doing the work or at least um, somebody assisting themselves in doing the work. Okay. So I think we kind of want to understand consciousness a little bit. And, and I think, because again, it's that cliche, everybody's talking about, you know, elevate consciousness, higher consciousness. And we talk about that, like it's the end goal. And we talk about that, like, you know, if I, if I can say those words and I can, you know, put those words out on social media, well, then I'm going to, you know, I could be the go-to guy kind of thing, but really, it sounds really arrogant to say, and, and I, I lump myself in with the rest of humanity in this, but none of us really know anything. You know, there's, there's, True. we perceive, you know, mm-hmm. we perceive, but we're not one with knowledge. And I get to see that. So I get to see and I get to experience, I have a level of experience with that oneness with knowledge by working with the brain and the mind, the superconscious mind. And so that infinite level of mind, and we work with that in, in sessions and that's, you know, that, that's amazing. But I, I wouldn't say that I experience that myself. I'm not, I don't experience consciously that oneness with, with knowledge. I get to see it. I get to witness it. Uh, I get to touch it. I, don't, I haven't yet fully opened that up in myself. So I think the thing to acknowledge with consciousness is consciousness is the medium via which we perceive. And we can, we, we can dial consciousness into a higher frequency or we can dial it into a lower frequency. So if we're talking about dialing it into truth, we can focus and we can tune just exactly the same way we can tune a radio. We can tune that consciousness into a higher frequency and we can listen to the super conscious mind. You can listen to your soul. You can listen to that infinite truth. You can listen to whatever you want to call your higher power. Or you can dial it down and you can listen to the impulses from the body and the impulses from the ego. And if you want to listen, and depending on where you want to focus that, that, that consciousness, wherever you want to focus that level of awareness into, well, that's the information you're going to receive. So I think the thing to acknowledge with consciousness is it's the medium and it can be trained. We can, you know, and we practice it. And that's kind of the way we're, that's the way we're, I think we're supposed to go is we're meant to practice. We're meant to get good at actually dialing into the right frequency and when we dial into that right frequency, we can spend more time there. We're going to get more truth. We're going to, you know, and then that's, that's basically how we're healing things. You know, you shine the light of truth on things and, and things tend to come really good. So that's, I guess that's been an evolution for me coming into that, coming into my awareness and then understanding that consciousness, consciousness is the medium via which we perceive. We can use that to kind of download knowledge. We can, we can use that to, to connect with knowledge. And the thing that I say to people in sessions is you have this limitless level of mind that we call the superconscious. So you've got a subconscious mind, you've got a conscious mind, you've got a superconscious mind. And for the purposes of understanding, we separate them and we say that it's, you know, that there's these three separate divisions, but really we just have one mind. But if we, for the purpose of understanding, we say we have a superconscious mind and that superconscious mind knows the truth. So it is one with knowledge. It, it knows, mm. it knows the truth. It knows the absolute truth in the universe. And, so when we say truth, there's the absolute truth in the universe, whatever that is, there is, there is actual truth in the universe. And then there's humanity's truth. And they're two very, very different things. And so humanity's truth is largely what we've perceived, what we've worked out, what we've, we've witnessed, we've evidenced, and we've tried to figure out 
as best we could from our level of understanding. And when I get resistance to that, we can just kind of go into a couple of examples really quickly. And so one such example that I give to people is say gravity. And, and I would say, I'm not here to argue that gravity doesn't exist. I'm, you know, I, I 100% believe in gravity exists, but does gravity exist in exactly the same way that Sir Isaac Newton mathematically figured out a few hundred years ago when an apple fell out of a tree and hit him on the head. And, you know, he came up with a bunch of mathematical equations and then said, yep. Okay. All this checks out. I've, I've run it through all the checks and balances of my, my, my new paradigm and yep, we can lock this away. We've got a law for gravity and, and we've aligned with that. And we say fantastic. And we now have a, a paradigm, a scientific paradigm that is built on several, what we call cosmological constants. And these cosmological constants, one such cosmological constant is gravity. But it turns out a lot of these cosmological constants are actually changing. They're not fixed. They're actually, they're actually changing ever so slightly. But the fact that they're changing ever so slightly means that they're not constant. So that all of a sudden means that we're aligning with a false truth. We're aligning with, with a, a false level of consciousness. So we're not aligning with the, with the truth 100%. So you have a level of mind that knows the truth and your body is connected to that level of mind. And your body is expecting that alignment. And so when we give it something different, well, then things tend to go off kilter. And so that may be just aligning 100% with humanity's truth. And then, you know, we'll see, we'll just see levels of output in the body that are potentially less than what they, you know, your highest expression, less than your highest or fullest expression, you know, or when you align with limiting beliefs or, you know, false beliefs, then again, you're going to see a further downgrading of the system or a further downgrading of the, the output of life. And, I think in its simplest, most basic terms, healing really is just shining the light of truth on falseness. And I love the words. Like if we, you can look at falseness, there's, you know, there's light and there's dark, there's truth and there's false. But really when we shine that light, darkness cannot exist where there is light. Like darkness can't exist in the light. So if we just shine the light of truth on things, what I have found in healing is that this function, pain, disease, it, it, it all tends to dissolve itself reasonably quickly, sometimes very, very quickly. So, and that I think in its simplest terms, just looking at it in terms of information, that's basically what we're doing. We have that level of mind that's connected to the truth. The body knows what the truth is and it's waiting for it. It's waiting for you to just align with it. And when you align with it, and a lot of times that truth is you, it's the truth of who you are. And so many people spend their whole lives denying that truth and not going into that truth of who they are. And, you know, when you actually embrace that and then begin to embody that, well, yeah, your body, your physical body heals itself. Your, your emotional body heals itself. And, you know, your, your mental body heals itself to the, to the point that you see a completely changed output in your expression of life. Um, and so for me, that's an amazing thing to get to work with people. And it's a, it's a really simple thing to be able to explain to people. And then once you kind of surrender to that and go into that, well, yeah, you can have those amazing results. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, the truth will set you free is essentially what you're saying. Mm. The line yeah. of the truth and and uh, I would say like a, a higher truth if, they're, if we're looking at it in a certain perspective, mm. because a lot of people have their truth that's built on either an illusion or some conditioning. Yeah, it depends on what you've, where, where have you dialed that level of consciousness into? If you've dialed it into that lower level, that lower level of ego... We, yeah, you can, you can 100%, you can get the ego's truth. And that's just a different, it's a very different ride. Yeah. Yeah. And then learning to have that discernment between the two, I think is important as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, absolutely. And I think we can all fall afoul of that. 
you know, we can all, you know, we can all get that wrong. Totally. Totally. I mean, it's part of the work. Um, mm. What, what's the main thing that you kind of like help clients with and how do you go about doing that? So I, I generally say to people that the minimum requirement for doing work with me is just anyone who's got a brain. If you've got a brain, we can definitely do something with you. So, you know, and I, and I always say even I've got one amazing inspirational individual who's had half her brain removed and, you know, and that's been, you know, it's an incredibly complex case, but it's, it's been one of the most, you know, amazing, fulfilling cases, you know, we've ever had, we'll probably ever get to work with, you know, and um, so I, really the way that I look at it and, and the way that I say it to people is that we're working with the control systems of the body. We're working with the governing systems of the body and we're going at the source of things. We're going at the heart of, of dysfunction or we're going at the heart of an issue. And so it doesn't matter if you're an Olympic level athlete or a CEO, or it doesn't matter if you're an incredibly complex neurologic or, or you know, health case everybody's got their own starting point and it's those same control systems that are governing and dictating your experience of life. So, you know, we kind of need to work with those and then your starting point is just wherever your starting point is, you know, for, for if we're going to up level your life, well, if you've already done all of your healing work and you're already whole, well, okay, then it's time to move towards purpose. So, and, and that's just, it's still going to be up leveling. It's, you're going to experience an incredible and an incredibly, um, an incredible shift an upward shift in, in what you're experiencing in life. But it just, you know, it might look a little bit different to the person who's dealing with disease and up leveling, up leveling your, your life means, well, we're going to do some healing work first and we're going to, you know, allow these things to dissolve and life's going to feel amazing once that disease is gone. But you know, it's, it, it, it might look a little bit different from the CEO who's just looking for more limitless abundance and, you know, wants to find more fulfillment in their work or whatever it's, they maybe they've done their healing work already and it's just a slightly different different journey but essentially working with the control systems governing systems of the body the energy consciousness systems of the body and go to the source of things and, and i think it's also really important because my it's important to mention because my awareness and understanding of this has evolved over time and i guess when what i've found in working with that level of mind where we can just ask for the truth and we can just ask for you know ask for that highest most perfect most efficient most most powerful solution um we it's not necessarily always about going back and unpacking things and looking at things and wading through that negative energy and just being stuck in those horrible emotions and you know you have a level of mind that just knows what you need to go where you want to get to mm -hmm. so we, we don't need to if we're not if, if we're not limited by the conscious mind and I always want to put this out there, but I, I want to do it with some level of reverence and I don't want to, I don't want anybody who works only with the conscious mind to feel like I'm belittling or downgrading what they're doing. Cause I think there's some people who have an amazing effect just talking with people and just listening. And I think that's fantastic. But if we're going to work consciously and so let's deal with say something like repressed memories. So if all you're going to do is, is try and work, if you're going to try and work with repressed memories via a conscious process, conscious mind process, then effectively what you're doing is you're coming and seeing somebody and you're going to have a chat and they're going to ask you to go into your trauma or try and access some old wounds. And at some point you're probably going to hit a block because your mind has buried these things because it doesn't want to look at them. And so you, you, a lot of times you have these situations where you'll have, you know, a, a counselor or a therapist who's probably feeling like they've got their hands tied behind their back a little bit and saying, you know, what happened at age four? 
And this poor person saying, I don't know what happened at age four. And the, con- and the counselor doesn't have much more available to them to say, well, something happened at age four. You need to tell me. And, you know, and you've probably already had to unpack a whole heap of trauma to get to that point. And, you know, you're probably experiencing some, some fairly low emotions. And really what, as I see it, as I understand it, in the textbook, as far as the textbook goes, really what you're doing is you're, as the therapist, you're asking somebody to unpack all of their emotions so that you with your conscious mind can pick over them and kind of gain an understanding and see what's there on the table and then latch onto something and say, ah, okay, well, how about we look at this one a little differently? Well, how about we look at that one a little differently? What if we consider it this way? And so really it's two conscious minds trying to solve a problem. and the conscious mind is literally 5% of what we've got available. It's 5% of the total brain processing that's going on. So if we can tap into the other 95%, then there's more information available. If we can tap into that superconscious, which is limitless and has all the information in the universe, well, the superconscious knows what the repressed memory is. Mm-hmm. So rather than going back and saying, this is what happened at age four and this is what you experienced and this is how it felt and this is what it looked like, the superconscious can just give you well, this is the new belief that you might need to hold that will just dissolve that and take you somewhere higher. Or, you know, this is how your energy consciousness system needs to look so that you no longer experience that trauma. It's processed and now you're living at a higher expression. Your superconscious will know what the easiest pathway forward is. It'll know the safest way to take you there. And so we, a lot of times in the work I do, we won't need to go in and unpack that. We might need to understand that something happened at age four and then we can say, okay, cool. What do we need? Like mind, tell us, what do we need? And we can kind of go at things that way. So I think in terms of um, process and working with that limitless level of mind, I think that's probably the best way to kind of highlight it, that the answers are always available. And like we were touching on last week, understanding is not always necessary. So we don't actually need to understand the answer mm-hmm. to go forward. You know, the answer can be there. And, and if you just think about it, we're only accessing we're like 5% of the mind is conscious and 95% of the mind is subconscious. So your subconscious can download information from the superconscious. Your subconscious can understand those impulses or it can receive those impulses and it can make sense of them over time. And then while it's changing your behaviors and changing your emotional reactions and literally up leveling your life, and then you go to this new fuller or, or higher expression, when you get to that fullest or highest expression, that little 5%, can catch up and all of a sudden kind of have that aha moment and the light bulb drops. Oh, wow. Right. This is how I got here. You know, it was me that was blocking me the whole time or it was, you know, it was, Oh, that was, it was those emotions that were linked to that event that was, Oh, and I no longer experienced them. Wow. Okay. And so you can literally just go to that higher expression without having to understand it. And I think, and that's the thing, I think we, we often create these blocks for ourselves by demanding that we have to consciously understand things and we just don't. It's a huge block that I see in a lot of people mm. to understand that more knowledge is going to lead to them, their freedom. Yeah. It's a, it's a society wide. It's a societal societal. It's a, it's, it's a limiting belief that's held right across the full spectrum of our civilization. Yeah. And, and, it, and there's nothing wrong with understanding and mm. um, like you have mentioned, we don't necessarily need to, and we somewhat can't. I think there was a there's there's a diagram. It was like a giant circle I saw recently, and it was like a sliver was like things that you think you know, and then it was like <laughs> things that you know, and it was like half of that, and then the rest of the circle was like things you don't know that you don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you would say, look, you know, there's things there's things you know, 
there's things you don't know. There's things, there's things you know you know. There's things you know you know, <laughs> you know that you don't know. And then there's things that you think you know you know, and you still don't know. You know, but you have that super conscious level of mind that knows everything. And so whatever it is, you can say there's a known and there's an unknown. There's an inside and there's an outside. There's, there's an inside to what you know and there's an outside to what you, to, you know, to what you, to what you know. So, but if the superconscious knows everything, the way that I like to explain to people is that information on that level, our words don't necessarily form an effective context for. So we can't necessarily understand all of that information that's on that level. And that's okay. So, but if we're going to say that we have to have understanding, well, then when those impulses come through, when that information comes through, which may take your subconscious, you know, which is 95% of the processing that may take that amazing subconscious, it may take that minutes, hours, days, weeks to completely understand and integrate that information. Yeah. But you know, if, I'm, if I'm demanding that, no, no, I need to have this in words and in writing and so that I can understand it before I commit to go forward, well, again, I've just blocked it. So I think for most people, when we, take that on board and understand that, you know, the, that super conscious, it's just a different level of information and it's, a, it's like a different language almost. And so if we're not meant to under, be able to understand that in our words and our language, well then really our best option is to let go. And so for me, that's how I explain to people that there's a lot of times that information that understanding is just not, it's not actually available. You know, it's not actually available while you're waiting for those, that information to be transduced or integrated, you know, via your subconscious. And so while you're waiting for that to happen, the understanding is not available, you know, so our best option is to surrender, let go, get out of the way and just allow that process to kind of take its course. Right. That's so true. And I talk about that a lot with emotional processing, how, mm. you know, you just gotta let, you gotta let the body do what it's trying to do and surrender <laughs> or <detach laughs> and not try to like suppress it or control it or, make it something different than it is which is a big mm. part of the process that i talk about yeah well and look go go with go with rather than against so i guess something that i'm saying a lot to people is that you know just consider the possibility that nearly all of the pain that you experience in your life you actually create for yourself by your own resistance you know we just create resistance to things and that a lot of the resistance that we actually create is to who we truly are so you mm. think if that if who you truly are is trying to express and trying to work its way out and we create resistance to that because we're tying ourselves to this illusory level of mind this illusory level of self which we call the ego if if we are just we're tying ourselves to that just collection of, of behaviors and emotional reactions just because that's what we've known and that's what where we spent most of our time throughout most of our life mm. well what we're doing we're creating resistance to our true self and you know that's going to cause pain it's going to cause some friction you know and in an extreme case it's going to cause disease and exactly like you just said, the body knows there is an intelligence there. And if you want to allow it, well, then, yeah, you can just, you can allow things to move. You know, there's, there's a lot of times, there's not actually a lot that we need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that goes against a lot of societal conditioning of what can I do about this or, or being over like achieving and. Mm. Yeah. Actually going back to what you were talking about before, when you were asking about um, my system and how I came into awareness with my system yeah. i think so uh, something that that came into my awareness when i started with applied movement neurology is i noticed that those guys were targeting personal trainers which i was at the time mm -hmm. and and what i kind of realized you know why it was so effective for them to target personal trainers that most personal trainers didn't have a system so mm -hmm. 
you know, if you, so most personal trainers, when you gave them that system, well, they would embrace it. And the magic of that system was in the entirety of the system. You know, the, 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 the magic of the system was in the whole of the system, not just doing one little piece. And I noticed on a, on a bunch of their courses, there would be chiropractors, osteopaths, physiotherapists, and other people who already had a system. And they were there just looking for one little piece just to sort of pick out, like, where's a little gem that I can pick out and I can integrate into my system. And, you know, I remember looking early on and thinking, I think you guys are missing the big picture here, you know, <laughs> and, you know, so very much if, if we can, you know, if we can just be aware of, you know, the fact that like these systems are running and, and systems in the body, just be open to the, like to the entirety of, of, of a system, you know, which the, the body is, the body's connected to that. And so I think this is the thing that so many people, and this is where we, and I think it's very much an ego-driven process. You commit to, you know, you commit to education. You know, maybe you go and get a degree in something, and then, you know, that's expensive and it's a big time investment as well. And then, you kind of need to make problems fit your level of understanding because, you know, that's that's your system. And, you know, I guess what came into my awareness is just again, there's just always more. So I've just felt I just adopted the approach that I just really need to be flexible and just allow and go with rather than trying to fix the body a certain way you know and a lot of times it comes up in sessions that you know what we're doing or what we need to do is outside my awareness and then it's like okay well we just really need to get out of the way even more and actually just ask for help you know and kind of just ask the body just write guide us what's what's the right way to go about this you know and and so i think that very much not being rigid in your approach and so exactly what you said about just allowing the body to do what it's what it knows how to do and allow emotions to flow and process the way that they naturally want to. Um, there's an intelligence there to that, you know, and if, and if we can be humble enough to, you know, just allow ourselves to go with that rather than saying, look, no, no, look, I've got three degrees on the wall and, you know, I know how this is supposed to go. Big part of the pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that, yeah, it's very much that, that kind of ego level level of mind and i understand you know like if it's three degrees in the wall means you've got a lot of information you've got a lot of knowledge you got a lot of information to 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 work with and you want to apply that but we still have to be humbled by the intelligence of the body you know and it's like carl sagan's words were you know when you stand before the intelligence of the, of the universe and you look at that intelligence you know there's no system there's no man-made system that cannot just be that can, can be anything other than just humbled by that intelligence, you know? And so it kind of doesn't matter if you've got 20 degrees on the wall, you're still going to have to be humbled before the intelligence of the system, intelligence of the body, intelligence of the mind. So, you know, very much we need to listen to it if we're going to get the best, you know, the, the, the best result. Very much so. So what's been, what's been coming up new for you in your discovery in your process and your journey? What it was, okay. what's your mind stated on? okay all right so look, very much about the miracle mind you know miracle mindedness is something that came in, that came into awareness um which is what we we really every single one of us is where we kind of should be going and what we should be kind of looking at and you know that we, we should all of us should be unwilling to adapt to a situation that limits a miracle mind or you know or basically precludes having a limit a limit a limitless miracle mind so i've come into i i, I think I started seeing all, you know, years ago, I started seeing all these amazing results and that's just evolved over time. And so it took me a while before I was comfortable with saying, like, I think we're seeing miracles here because this is just crazy. Like just being able to see, like I'd never seen the body heal or change, you know, that fast or that, you know, profoundly. And 
I kind of worked out that we can just ask for it. We just ask the body. So like, okay, what's the greatest miracle available? And so I've got several clients that turn up each mm. week. Say, you know, all right, I'm, I'm suffering with A, B, C, D, and E. And I'll have the greatest miracle available as well too, please. You know, and so, you know, and that's kind of become a thing. But I think, so where I was at a while ago, and again, call it, call it a miracle. If you're more comfortable with just calling it just like the most amazing result, call it that. Um, but where, where I was at a while ago was I figured out that we could literally just ask for the greatest result, ask for the miracle. And then it's generally available. There were levels that people could tolerate because interestingly, people have you know, limitations, limitations placed on the amount of positive energy that they'll actually allow into their life or the amount that they can actually tolerate. And so initially I was asking with that athlete's mindset, I was asking for the, you know, I was asking for the gold medal miracle. Give me the championship miracle, the biggest, most amazing one. And for the people who could actually tolerate that, that was amazing. But there was a lot of people that you'd see them get halfway through and then start to kind of go, oh, this is feeling a bit too good. I don't know about this. Oh, too good to be true. And then they'd shut it down and block it. So I kind of had to change things to let's go for the just the most perfect one. The most perfect one will be the one that's right for you. Let's just go for that result. Mm-hmm. So that was great. But my process was evolving. And so when I would ask for those results, I was looking at this list of different possible ways that I could, could consider the body, consider the mind, which is always growing. And so to my limited mind and limited level of understanding that seemed like a really really big list seemed like a really extensive list and so i felt just really comfortable and really calm and and confident ask for a miracle and say right how does that fit my system but then not all that long ago it came into my awareness like i'm limiting this by asking for this amazing limitless miracle mm-hmm. which and the reason i came into the understanding is what what, what came to me is that really what a miracle actually is, is it's the perfect answer to a question. So mm. a miracle is a perfect answer to a question. And the thing we need to understand is it is incomprehensibly creative in its capacity to answer that question. You can do it any which way. This is the, and so when people talk about healing miracles and, and then there's always bewilderment, like don't know how it happened. It just, it just happened. You know, so like that, if a miracle has, has the ability to just answer the question any which way it chooses. So by me saying, okay, great, give me a miracle. How does that fit my system? How do I, how do I extract that miracle out of my system? Well, I'm asking to try and fit that miracle into my limited little box. So I just kind of came into a process uh, only a few weeks ago where it was like, I actually really need to get out of the way here. And we're really actually, when it, when those things are sort of coming through, when that's what's coming through this other person's mind, other person's body, um, we really need to slow down, get still, try as best we can to try and understand what these little, these impulses are telling us and, and what they want us to do and something new evolves. And so something new unfolds out of that space and, you know, and sometimes they're uniquely individual for that person and we'll probably never, never see it, never use it again. Sometimes it's a gift that heals that person and then that will be available for others down the track as well, which is, which is really cool. But just having that awareness. And I think that's something that is really, really perfect for everybody to try and understand is that yeah, a miracle is a perfect answer to a question. That's what you're asking for when you're, you know, if you're, if, you, if you're praying or you're asking for an amazing result from your higher power, that's kind of what you're asking for. And then very much you kind of want to get out of the way. And, and this is taught in so many different circles, different ways that 
you know, it's like another way to say it is you don't want to be the one that fills in the details on how that miracle wants to look or wants to be. You want the universe to do that. You want that infinite level of mind to do that for you. You know, you want to ask and then get out of the way. So I've just kind of started doing that more in healing and that's been, it's been eye-opening kind of, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. I've seen it in my work as well. Well, man, this has been an amazing conversation. You shared some deep wisdom with us. Where can people find you on and learn more about what you do? So look, just upstairs from the heart guy. So I am uh, the, the, great, <laughs> the, the, the dot brain dot guy on, on Instagram and Facebook. And then, yeah, there's a website, the brain co. But yeah, I, in, Instagram's easy. Awesome. Well, thank you again for this awesome coherence. <laughs> oh man. I'm so grateful to get to chat on this level. And like any, I think um, this is something you probably do the same thing. It's wonderful getting to apply this wisdom to ourselves. I'd just say anywhere that you feel, feel a resonance of truth in those spaces where you can actually feel truth and you can actually really be truly who you are and just they're the spaces you want to spend time in and you want to actually, you know, like feel into those space. So I, I feel that very much here in this conversation, same last week and um, very grateful to get to be here and just have the chat, man. Really, really appreciate it. Amazing, brother. Thank you for everybody tuning in. All of his links will be down below in the show notes. And as always put some heart into everything that you do today.